We're talking about texting etiquette today. Texting is a great tool when used correctly. It can be a source of extreme annoyance when used incorrectly. As with all technology, there are courtesies that allow us to employ it politely and professionally. Let's discuss some. This is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Morning, Kelly. Hi, Marna. Hi, Mike. Hello, everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Hello, Mike. Hey, good morning, Marna, and good morning, Kelly, and I'd like to say good morning to all of our listeners. It's so good to be with both of you and our listeners. Thanks for joining us as we hang out, start a conversation, and learn a thing or two together. Here on Ethics and Etiquette, we offer insights and perspectives on sticky situations to help you scrutinize your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. In the past, we've done a show on cell phone etiquette, but not one specifically on text etiquette. This was a request from a listener. Billions of text messages are sent each year. They're fast, inexpensive, and you can get a message to someone without having their phone ring at an inopportune time. However, texting kind of spontaneously appeared on the scene, and we've only gradually involved a set of guidelines to go with it. So let's get started. This list of 10 is adapted from a list on Emily Post. Dot com, and I'll post the link on our show notes. Number one, don't text to inform someone of sad news or to end a relationship. Deliver the news in person or by phone. Now, when I was teaching English at the university, they wanted to know what message should you not send on text. And I said, well, you shouldn't tell your spouse you want a divorce on text. I mean, can we all agree? That's rude. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, if anybody's still in that category, oh my, we have more work to do here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of common sense. Unfortunately, a lot of people use texting because they just don't have the courage to handle things directly and in person and have those difficult conversations because that's really hard to do. It is difficult. Yeah, it is. I know. I, I do it. I'm guilty of that. I find that texting is often a way to tell someone something that you really don't want to either tell them over the phone or you don't want to get wrapped up in a great big long conversation. There's a certain efficiency to it. But is it a cop-out sometimes? I think it can be. And I think, you know, in some ways that's diminished sort of human interaction. I look at young folks, and again, I probably come in for great criticism on this one, but you know, there's some young folks who really don't do well in face-to-face communication, you know, with the the things that matter like intonation, eye contact, all that sort of stuff. They're bent over their phones all the time and their thumbs are just flying. So there's something to be said for, you know, not texting. Yeah, I agree. There's a time and a place for it, but mm-hmm. if it's important, either phone call or person to person. Number two, keep your message brief. Don't write the great American novel. If it runs on and on, Make a phone call instead, but before you call them, ask them in a text if this is a good time to talk. Have you guys ever gotten one of these text messages that goes on for screen after screen after screen? I I certainly have. I think our generation is guilty of that most because young people would never do that, and they would just, they roll their eyes. They don't even bother reading the whole thing. I've (laughs) had that happen to me, unnamed members of my family who just <laughs> won't read my long text. So <laughs> Your children? Your wife? <laughs> oh, I don't want to really call anybody out, Marna. But, um, they just yeah. disregard your texts. Well, they start them and then they, you know, they <laughs> they somehow remember them. But, Dad, what what is it you wanted to tell me? 
Yeah, I didn't read your whole text. Oh, on I'm a, sorry. On a phone call, they ask yeah, you what yeah. that text said? My line is, I'm sorry for inconveniencing you. <laughs> uh, All right. Number three, one of my personal pet peeves. Don't text at the movies at a play or a concert after the lights have gone down in the hall. The screen light is annoying to others. And this is a little sidebar question. Is it okay to thump somebody on the head who is texting during a show? Or is that rude? I think that's, isn't that why they give you the programs? So you can roll the program up into a little baton and tap them on the, you're not going to hurt them. You'll surprise the hell out of them. Yeah, I wouldn't do that in today's uh, world because there's always some crazy person and something bad could happen. So I would just tell the usher or walk out to use the ladies room and tell an employee if somebody's really going on and on and it's just very distracting. Yeah, this actually happened to me at a play once. And in talking about it later, uh, my friend and I decided a good way to handle it would be to lean over and whisper into her ear, excuse me, could you turn that light off, please? If that didn't work, to go get the usher. I would just get the usher because people, I don't know, people get crazy. Go straight for the usher. That's what I would do. I I don't want to have a problem with another person. Who happens to have a concealed carry permit? Yeah, or whatever. I mean, there's just so many nutty <laughs> people around. I mean, I can remember when I practiced law, I represented this young woman who was involved with a big-time drug trafficker, and she was a cooperating witness. And, you know, when she was being debriefed, I would sit in. And, I mean, I remember this story about them being on some highway in California and somebody inadvertently cutting off or coming too close to her boyfriend who was driving. I mean, it was... It was nothing. And he slowed down and, like, shot at the car several times. Nobody was hurt. Oh, but, my gosh. But I'm just saying you do not know. Wow. And she had, that was one of many stories where some regular citizen did something that we all see every day that's like nothing. And this guy overreacted and did something completely outrageous. So I'm just saying I always feel like... And I think it's because I saw all these terrible things when I practiced law. I always feel like, you know what? Just treat everybody politely and carefully and go get the usher. Go do this. Go do that. You know, don't give somebody the finger if if they cut you off or shake your, you know, just be careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Speaking of being polite, number four is don't text anything confidential private, or potentially embarrassing. Remember your digital exhaust. Your digital exhaust is that which remains forever and never goes away. Even even if you delete the text, it's still there. Somebody has it. Somebody screenshot it. It's still there. Also, if you wouldn't say it to their face, don't text it. Electronic communication tends to embolden us to say rude things. But always remember that there's a human at the other end with feelings and vulnerabilities and fragility. Yeah, that's beautifully put, Marna. I would add that texts are not secure. Some people think that it's like a really private way to communicate with someone, and it's not. It's out there if somebody wants to find it. So uh, I like your term, digital exhaust. It's you're leaving you're leaving fingerprints everywhere you go. So just realize that. Yeah, and Kelly Unless... can speak to this that you can actually subpoena texts oh, and yeah. emails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're used all the time. I mean, they're they're incredibly helpful evidence, and they can help a defendant. They can help a, a plaintiff or the prosecution. But I don't know if you guys have seen the WhatsApp commercial. They say that if you text using their app, it's completely yeah. secure and encrypted. 
and I, I have to say their commercial is hysterical where the person goes in and they give the person a pigeon to send the message. <laughs> I, I did just see that. I'm, I'm skeptical that it's completely secure, Kelly. Uh, me, I got to be honest too. with you. Me yeah. too. I have no idea if that's true, but the commercial is a hoot, you know, where the guy is like just trying to make a point. Um, texting is as, as secure as attaching your message to this pigeon. And <laughs> the, <you> know, <laughs> there's another one too, off. Kelly, I think that maybe I'm confusing them, but there's one where somebody hands somebody their mail and then starts opening it for them. And oh, we I tend haven't to, seen that one. Oh, yeah, it's really kind of, it's, it's right in the same vein. But, I, again, I don't know if it's WhatsApp. I tend not to pay much attention to television commercials. Yeah, someone hands them their mail, and then they start opening it before they actually give it to them, you know. And so we tend to think of mail as personal and very private. And, you know, there's all sorts of structure of laws around the U.S. Postal Service. Sure, yeah. And, so the point here is all your all your texts are out there. It's like somebody opening your mail. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Number five, don't be upset if your text doesn't get an immediate response. This is actually what prompted our listener to send in this request. He was texting with his college-age daughter, and she sent him a text, and he hadn't responded, and it had been a couple hours, and he said to me, what's, Marna, what's the rule on that? So you may not get an immediate response. You can't know for sure when the recipient will read the message. They may be in meetings, classes, otherwise occupied. Your intended recipient may be busy. Whatever you do, do not keep texting until you get a reply. Now, the flip side of that, which is number six, is think of texting as a conversation. If you would respond in the conversation, then respond in the text. A short thanks, TNX or THX, to acknowledge that the message was received is a simple way to respond or to end the conversation. Even if all you say is, got it, Reply to the sender so he or she doesn't have to wonder if the message went through. Technology has been known to fail us. There are blips and hiccups out there in cyberland. Maybe the text didn't go through. So to be polite, respond in a timely manner. I recently got a text inviting me somewhere in December, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be in town. So I just said to her, I can't say for sure now, but I will get back to you. Yeah, I mean, I think, though, I just want to say your friend with a college-aged daughter I kind of talked with my kids about texting, you know, two of them, my 17-year-old and then my daughter who's in her early 20s. And it was very interesting. And I did ask about response time. And I asked about a few other things, um, which maybe we can get into later. But my son, who's 17, you know, basically it was so funny, said, well, you can respond immediately if you want. But like maybe you want to wait a few minutes because you don't want it to seem weird. You don't want to be too interested. You don't want um, to seem so thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he said, of course, if unless you're in a convo, meaning conversation, then you're back and forth. But he said, it's rude to wait a really long time. And I said, oh, OK, well, how long is a really long time? And he said, an hour, because we're always... That's a phones. really long time. <laughs> yep. He said an hour. OK. Now, my daughter, when I asked her about response time... And, you know, I was kind of pressing them for a time period. She said, look, if it's with my friends, I would expect to hear something in like four hours. That's pretty normal. That would give them time if they were in a class or whatever. But I know within four hours, they're going to have looked at their phone. If we get to eight hours, I'm wondering, like, was my text like not okay? Why, why haven't they responded? But with adults, like, like with me or with your friend, she figures, you know, it's more like she treats it more like an email she expects like it could take 24 hours for an adult you know like sort of 
a non-peer and she's fine with that that's what she expects but I will say my son does not at this point recognize that difference like sometimes if I don't respond to him in 15 minutes I get a you know all caps are you there what's going on (laughs) um I'm at work or I'm on a work call you know yeah Yeah. so that's very that's very interesting I think it's good for all of us of our age to to realize this not that we need to follow those rules, but... Yeah, just that's where they are. So that's where his daughter is, you know. And when I asked them about etiquette, you know, t- tell me about the etiquette of texting. They both basically said, oh, you know, there is no etiquette. Like, what are you talking about? Then I pressed them and they did have rules and things they talked about. Yeah, so when it comes to returning texts, I, I make a conscious effort not to be connected to my phone and I often leave it for hours at a time. In fact, uh, my wife makes fun of me because I often lose my phone, um, which then takes me a while to find (laughs) it. So the point is, you know, I look at texts usually first thing in the morning, text and email, and then I I may do it again at the end of the day, but it could be 24 hours. And I think people realize that about me, those who communicate with me regularly. And I hope it's not misconstrued, but I just don't I just refuse to be tied to my phone. So, um, so sort of how I feel about it. Right. The takeaway is know the people that you text with and, and know their personalities and response times and that yeah. type of thing, mm-hmm. their relationship with technology. Mm-hmm. And also, generationally, I'm hearing the younger kids are going to respond quickly and maybe expect a quick response. Mm-hmm. But the older right. you get, the more time they give. Right. Yeah. And I think what Mike's saying is a really good point for my kids. They expect a quick response from their friends. But my daughter has a good friend who just is like Mike, even though she's in her early 20s, she just doesn't respond. She's very slow in responding and it's just not her thing. And everybody knows it. So it's it's fine. Like mm-hmm. if it was somebody else, I think folks would panic. But yeah. they're like, oh, you know, cause she'll respond. It may take a day, but we'll hear from her. Right. Okay, the next one, we're at number eight now. Blinding flash of the obvious here, but yet I still see this all the time. Don't text and drive. I'd say even limit texting at stoplights or waiting in line too because you're not paying attention. I hate, hate, hate the texting and driving. And I see it every day. I drive to work. I drive home from work. I can't see it when I drive home generally. I don't know whether I'm just tired and I'm not paying attention. Even before we moved out of daylight savings time, I didn't notice it that much. But on the way to work, I see it every day. And it's always the person that is going too, a little too slow in the left lane or they're swerving a little. I was behind yeah. somebody on Friday that was going into the other lane. And in this case, they were in the right lane. They were going onto the shoulder. I mean, significantly to the point where I was like, is this person drinking? But no, they were texting. Sometimes they have their phone up. I, I, I can't even deal with it. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's so dangerous. It's super yeah. dangerous. And it's clear that when I see it, it's not the one time, which you shouldn't do anyways, emergency, I got to send a quick text. It is a lengthy, or sometimes they're freaking scrolling. They're just scrolling and driving. You can see them scrolling. And and they have earbuds in, too, so they can't even hear sirens or horns or anything. Those are the people that I'm like, would somebody please pull them over? They're going to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's scary. You know, I'm a cyclist, and I spend a lot of time 
out on the roads on a bicycle where you have a whole lot less protection than if you're wrapped in a vehicle. It's almost to the point where, and I have friends who've said, I am not going to cycle on open roads anymore. Yeah, I would Because people are so irresponsible. Again, um, from practicing yeah. law, I've seen, I've seen joggers hit and killed and cyclists hit and killed. And, yeah. and, and often they have the vagaries of life. Often they're running or cycling right with somebody who's right by them. Gosh, and they get yes. hit and die and the other person doesn't. Yes. Yeah, we've all seen those ghost bikes, the memorials of the spray-painted white bikes where bicyclists have been hit and killed. Is that what that means, Marna? Yes. It's I very sobering. I know that. I mean, to me, there's oh. so many... And I'm not a cyclist, so what do I know? But I just think stick to some separate path away from cars. It's just yeah. too dangerous. It's easy to say, but it's really Did, hard to do because, yeah. you know, our, our road network is what connects you to those paths. And I'm wrestling with this one, guys, right. but uh. all based on erratic people driving whether they be texting or some some other distracting thing that diminishes their ability to drive well i hope you have a flashing light on your bike and you wear yeah. a mm-hmm. day glow mm-hmm. vest oh i do i do <laughs> do I mean, all that stuff yeah. just because motorists are not calibrated to see cyclists they're mm-hmm. calibrated to see other motorists right. i know well, it is especially dangerous. i mean texting scrolling motorists are just knuckleheads and they don't even look up. I've even seen people merging and texting at the same time they're merging. Oh, absolutely. Totally oblivious. Yeah. So don't text and drive, period. Just wait. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of lot of dumb people out there. I'll pull over and um, answer the phone or return a text if it's uh, an important text. Mm -hmm. Or what about the person, just while I'm complaining, what about the person (laughs) that's like our age, who is driving, saw this I saw this this past week, who's driving and has the phone like up to their mouth and is kind of yelling into the phone. Like apparently they're having a phone conversation while and, driving. And are they steering with their pinky or something? Yeah, they're steering with yeah. their left hand, <laughs> holding the phone up and, and kind of yelling into it and talking and then like not really staying in their lane. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Like, first of all, you can connect your phone to your your car system and then two hands on the wheel and just chat that way or you could put the phone down and still communicate you don't have to hold it up to your face Ah, there's all kinds of technology it's so confusing kelly (laughs) oh my gosh or what about the earbud situation just have the earbuds in two hands on the wheel and off you go and you can have a little chat yeah, I don't know about earbuds because you you can't hear sirens and horns there and things. No, no, I agree, but it's safer than holding the phone up to your while one you're earbud. Put one earbud in. Yeah, yeah, if that's you must. better. And I do think I want to mention that in some jurisdictions, I think that that is having headphones or earbuds in is prohibited. I agree. Yeah, I think yeah, you're it's right. It's against the law, yeah. so you you want to be mindful of what state you're right. in and and what the statutes require. Use the Bluetooth hookup to your speakers. I realize not everybody has a modern enough car because I just got a modern car to do that. But well, this person did. Okay, so bottom line: don't text and drive. It's dangerous. Number nine: be mindful of when you text. Consider the recipient's schedule and try not to disturb your clients co-workers at night or on weekends. Yesterday, I got a text at 4.45 a.m., and the notification woke me up, and my first thought was terror because no good news comes at that hour. I mean, I was actually, like, shaking when I picked up the phone. It turned out to be something routine by one of my friends who's a very early riser. But you can turn your notifications off. 
I don't know that I agree with this one. Just you turn can't. Your, when you go to bed, turn your notifications off so people can text you and you can see it in the morning. I don't agree. I tend to be with Marna on this one because, you know, you can turn off notifications. You can also set it such that, like, important people, family members, whomever you choose, will ring through even though you're you're on a do not disturb status. But I think being mindful, especially of time zones. So, you know, I have family on the West Coast. I have a lot of friends in Europe. And I'm just always aware of the time zone, so I'm not sending them something for eight in the eight in the evening here is two in the morning in Europe, and uh, that's yeah. really rude. Yeah, so, that's dramatic. Um, but you can also you can also there's new features on some of these phones that allow you to delay send. So you can send them the text. You can put a delay send on it, mm-hmm. so it'll go at a reasonable hour for them. Again, keeping in mind the the time difference. If you're going to spend time texting and you're going to want to communicate with people using that medium, I think you need to know the details of it. Delay send is your friend. Yeah, it really it's a helpful tool. Yeah, but as far as turning notifications off, I'm afraid I wouldn't turn them back on. Is there a a timed thing? Yeah, you set a thing where I don't get anything after, I think, 9.30 at night or before 7 in the morning. Unless it's a family member that is needs to get a hold of me. So. Okay. So you have an Apple phone? I do, yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. I'll have to check because I still have the drug dealer phone, the cheapest model possible. Uh, I know you have lots of I features. Love, I love you. That term <laughs> sort of makes me cringe. No go contract. Ahead. Go ahead. Like even if you turn your notifications off and you forget, you'll still see the text come through. I, I still think you can turn notifications off and then I have my notifications off all the time and I see my texts when I see my texts but I do have my phone on all night in case my kids need me to receive calls yeah I do and is it on your nightstand yeah it is because I just want my kids to be able to reach me if something happens and also you know my mother lives alone and is elderly and I if something were to happen I want her to be able to reach me so have you set it up so that only certain people can call through at night no, I haven't. But I've never, I, I've never gotten a call from anyone other than them late at night. I've gotten some missed dials from people who stay up all night. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't yeah. gotten that. I tell you, the technology, it can help you. It can assist you if you want it to. Not sure about your phone, Marna, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's, another, that's another matter. Yeah, I do upgrade occasionally, but it's not an Apple iPhone. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Okay. Last one, give your voice-to-text texts a visual once-over before you send them so you know it's coherent and it won't end up as a hilarious screenshot meme posted on the Internet. Autocorrect is sometimes not your friend. (laughs) Amen to that. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's probably some funny stuff we could post on that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's it's out there. I'll see if I can find some. That kind of makes sense. But, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world if you send something off. You can always... My kids do the little asterisk and correct a spelling word or insert a word, like if they notice after they send it. Yeah, I think we've all done it. But it is, it's good advice, Marna. Just reread what you're about to hit send on. Number one, is it going to the right person? Oh, absolutely, yes. that can cause trouble. And then number two, does it say what I want it to say? Well, that is our 10, but uh, as a former English teacher, I have an 11th one I'd like to just add. Consider your audience before you use chat speak liberally in your texts. By chat speak, I mean using the number four for the word for and the number two, all these abbreviations. Peer to peer, that might be fine. Friend to friend, but if you're doing it 
professionally or to a teacher or a prospective client, they won't like it. My sister was interviewing folks for um, a catering job, and the catering representative uh, sent her a text in all all that chat speak, and she said to me, I guess I won't be using them, so <laughs> be careful with that. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and again, my daughter talked about that, you know, she said it's all about who you're texting and your familiarity um, with that person. Exactly. You know? And so yeah. you want to, like normally it's a big no-no to use periods in texting. Both my kids told me that. And in fact, like if you answered, I learned that if you answer like, okay, period, that is like, that's aggressive. And people would think you're upset. Are you kidding? Annoyed or angry. Nope. And my well, sister said, or by my sister, my daughter said, if you say capital O, capital K, period, I mean, then you are really not happy. That's aggressive, somebody. too. That's now, how really about a, a text that is several sentences long? Are you just supposed to use a one, one run-on sentence? Yeah, they kind of, like my kids, it is kind of like there's a couple spaces and it just kind of continues. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say. They communicate well, but yeah. Cause, and and my yeah. daughter has told me several times, you know, stop using periods. And I'm like... <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, I, I can't I said, either, Kelly. I'm with you. I, I, I said I, I have I can't to write either. in full. And I said when I when I text with my friends, we all text that way. I mean, it. Yeah. You know, for us, it's normal. It's not. Yeah. You know, I am who I am, and I'm I'm of a certain age. And if young people can't figure that out, then really that's on them. Yeah, um, and I think my daughter totally gets it. Like as far as, and she said the same thing you said, Marna. Like if she's texting with a professor or you know an adult, she definitely adds the periods and tightens it up. I don't. I hope my son would. You know, he talked about using short words you know separate short texts a lot of emojis like a crying emoji when you're laughing no capitals use voice memos a lot you know just low key that's what he said you know, hmm. but what cracked me up about him is a really long time is an hour yeah that's really long they've got their phones with them you know they're mm-hmm. we're always looking at our phones mom mm-hmm. an hour would be ridiculous yeah mm-hmm. You know, I actually skipped one here. Number seven, just as you shouldn't answer your phone during a conversation, you shouldn't text when you're engaged with someone else in person. It's rude and discounting to the people you're with. I had this happen once when I was at lunch with some family members, and one of my family members kept checking her phone pretty regular intervals. And I finally said, what are you doing here? Are you waiting for a heart transplant notification or something? She said, no, I, I'm on a group text, and if I don't check it often enough, then I get way behind. This was a family member? Yeah. Did you <laughs> inform them of your innermost feelings, Marna? I did, with my evil eye. <laughs> and I noticed that she quit doing it after I brought it up. Oh, jeez. I think sometimes young people are so used to just doing that around each other all the time that they're not even aware. They have to be reminded and I also think the phone is built to be addictive. Yeah, it's I agree with you, Kelly. built to yep. make, it's terrible because I know the more I have used it, really for business purposes or just for communicating with my family, the more I seem to need it and the more I want to look at it. And it's just, it's terrible. And it's built that way. There's a couple of really good books on this. One in particular, I'll, Marna, I'll send you the name. Maybe we can posted. It's a very quick read, but it really describes the addictive nature of the device. Yeah, I noticed my purse comes with a cell phone pocket now, 
And I have friends who actually have a tether for their cell phone. So even if they don't have a purse, they always have their cell phone with them. Yeah, like workout pants. They've got that side pocket that you can slide it in. I mean, yeah. you can't go anywhere without that gosh darn phone. Yeah. Now, I'm grateful for texting because I would probably never have any communication with my son if it weren't for texting. Yeah. Certainly not during college. Right. <laughs> and I think it's important for folks such as of our age, let's say, to be prepared to meet young people where they are on texting. Because if you do want to have that relationship or you do want to you know, communicate with them on a regular basis. We can't just apply our sensibilities and rules. We have to meet them where they are. I totally Good. agree, Mike. Good point. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I think it's a great tool. It just has to be used appropriately. I know my mother, who's, you know, 82 or something, she'd be upset with me saying her age, but she texts with the kids, her grandkids. Mm -hmm. And at first she was very annoyed about it. You know, I don't want to talk to them and I want to. But now I think she's come to realize reluctantly that this is good and it's better than nothing. Because, you know, when I was growing up, I really had, you know, one primary grandparent. My other grandparents had passed away. And I don't know if he would have ever texted. But, you know, you just didn't communicate with them unless you when you were seeing them, right? I mean, it wasn't like you were picking up the phone and calling or, yeah. you know, it would have been a nice tool is my point. And my father texts with the, with his grandkids as well. I mean, they just they do. And he appreciates you know, any opportunity for that contact. And like yeah. you said, you just got to you got to roll with it. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that your young family members should text while you eat or while, you know, you have a, sh a family meal. So. No, I had a rule in my class, no cell phones out. But they would put their cell phone under their desk and text during class. Like I couldn't see what they were doing. It was just so obvious. Yeah, yeah I mean, there are some <laughs> teachers and some families that, and I've seen coaches do this, you know, where they're like, when people walk in the room, there's a bucket, drop your cell phone in here. If you don't, and I see you on it, I'm taking it for the day. That kind of thing, which may be hard to do in a public school nowadays. But, you know, that kind of thing, or had friends who had their kids, when they walked in the house, put their phones in a bucket, and they couldn't look at their phone. I just could never do that. My first two weren't that reliant on it. You know, now they are a little bit more. But my 17-year-old, I mean, the phone is his life. It's his lifeline with his friends. They're all that way. I couldn't remove it from him. Are you guys ready for a little quiz on text speak? <laughs> oh, jeez. Here we go. This is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> Tell me what these mean. I-M-H-O, what does that mean? In my humble opinion. Correct. Okay, didn't know that one. Keep you didn't going. know that one? Okay. T-T-Y-L. Nope. Uh, Talk to you later. Correct. Yay, Mike probably right. knew that. I just <laughs> I just had to have a double had to have a win. <laughs> okay. Here's one I like to use a lot. IDK. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I although I know that but I don't use it. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I did know that one for that one was pretty simple. LOL. Laugh out loud. Laugh out loud? Yeah. Yeah. BRB. Be right back. Be right back. Okay, Correct. I didn't know that one. Hmm. I bet you don't know this one. J slash K. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, you yes. do know that one. Okay. Yeah. My kids use that one. <laughs> they use that in um, in spoken speech. Oh, yeah. JK. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah. JK? My son, oh. my son does that. Yep. Mm -hmm. My 17-year-old son does. Mm -hmm. How about this one? B slash C. Because. Correct. And Although the last... I see just B, C sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I-L-Y. 
Hmm. Um, I just, it's just kind of intuitively, what is it? I love you. Correct. Oh. All right. And I love you too, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> How about you, Kelly? Kelly, do you love me? Yeah, I, I love you both. We all love each other. I-L-B. <laughs> I-L-U-B. All right. Was there anything else that you learned from talking to your kids about texting that you want to share? No, just, just you know, like my daughter talked about, I thought this was interesting, but like the vibe of the communication and getting creative so that you could get across like emphasize things or you know kind of get across your feelings like like the oh my god example you know what I mean that kind of stuff like the way you capitalize the way you word stuff I thought that was pretty uh-huh. cool because so I, all caps omg is different from lowercase omg um, in terms I don't know sure about it is. that in terms sure it of is, but I don't know the difference emotional right. impact <laughs> right, but like the ty- the writing out the oh my god and capitalizing certain letters and others gets across the kind of what I was just saying, you know. And of course, I had no idea if you say okay with a period that was yeah, like I didn't aggressive either aggressive or letting somebody yeah. you know know that you're not happy with them. You're I didn't know that either. Yeah, hmm. and, and I, I didn't know about the periods and the. the I'm still using periods. I don't care what your kids say. Me too, I'm and I'm still using. My hands shake if I, I. It seems like a run-on sentence would just lend itself to uh, miscommunication. And I don't know how they do it. I forget, but they get it across, and it it does bug me though. Like when it is a full sentence and there's not a period. I, I'm like, what's going on? It it throws me off. I have to admit. And the other hard thing with texting just kind of in conclusion is it's like my kids really like to communicate by text and they, it gets going and I just can't keep up. And if we're going to have like a big conversation, so to speak, like that's how they communicate. But after about three or four times back and forth and I just am slow and I'm not texting fast enough and I'm not getting my point across, I just want to pick up the phone. I'm like, I'm done with this. Well, I think that's a good rule. If it's more than three emails or more than three texts, oh, it's a phone I'm, call. I am, I am so with you on that one. You know, <laughs> yeah, people, it's, it's, people who let texting sort of like take the place of all other human communication uh, drive me crazy. Yeah, and it's it, it's supposed to be like sort of a time saver or quick thing. And I'm thinking this isn't very quick. I am dying over here trying to type out words. <laughs> Maybe you should train more, Kelly. I have arthritis in my thumbs, though, Mike. (laughs) Already at such a young age? I'm protected under the ADA because of injury from texting. I'll tell you something funny and embarrassing is I have more than once caught myself in conversation with another human being, and I will say, anyway, so I have to go now, period, or exclamation point. I'll add the punctuation in there. It's like a holdover from text to speak. Really? Wow. And you're doing that inadvertently, that's, that, Marna? Yeah, that's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. May indicate I know. other issues you want to I know. To I take know. a nap. Does I it happen to, when you're drinking? I need to be deprogrammed, I think. <laughs> that's okay. another podcast topic, Marna. Yes. Mike, Jeez. was there anything else you wanted to add about texting? I guess I would ask folks as, as a wrap up here you know, don't, don't let texting become your primary means of communicating with other human beings you care about. Because it's not quite the same thing. True. And Mike, would you say there's a bit of a neo-Luddite in you? Yeah, I'm always striving to... uh, I feel feel like I've heard you (laughs) repeat this. But, you know, in in some ways I think that's good. Oh, I do too. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. Well, this was a very interesting show today. I learned a lot. 
Thank you both. And we have a new feature, which we will not always have in the shows, but it's called On a Positive Note, in which we mention something uplifting or noteworthy that we noticed in our lives or in our culture. And I know that you both have something that you would like to mention today. So let me go to Kelly first. I just want to say many, many congratulations to our William and Mary women's volleyball team. Yay! Yeah, they just finished a great season after years of kind of being at the bottom of the Colonial Athletic Association Conference and just really struggling. They made it to the CAA tournament under coach Tim Doyle and his assistant Janelle is fabulous. And they were the seventh seed, which the big thing is making it to the tournament, but they were a low seed and they had to play the second seed, Hofstra, and they beat Hofstra in five sets after losing the first two which is extraordinary. It just shows grit, perseverance, you know, excellent coaching. So just amazing that they advanced. And then they played Delaware and made it to the fifth game. Again, a higher seed. And they were down 14 to 8 in the fifth game, which only goes to 15, by the way, whereas the other games go to 25. And they were down 14 to 8, came all the way back and tied it at 14-14 and lost. But... Just a tremendous season. Truly a team effort. Big improvement. And they're just headed in a great direction. I'm just so proud of them. They never gave up. Just grit, perseverance, staying positive, great coaching. It's just a great story. So congratulations, Tribe. Yeah, way to go, Tribe. And since we're talking about texting, let me go ahead and confess that I was texting the play-by-plays to Kelly during the game because I was watching the game, but she was watching a movie with her family, so... Yeah, it was our family night, so I couldn't break from that. But There's a good use of texting. <laughs> texting was awesome, and we were both so into it. Uh, anyway. You guys, you guys, that's amazing. All right, I'm going to remember that. I can. <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you got for us? Well, I think some of our listeners may remember that uh, Kathy and I just became grandparents about uh, two months ago, and so we've had now 10 days with a visit from our daughter and granddaughter, and I just... It has been absolutely wonderful, and I, I didn't know quite how I would be affected by it, but, you know, we've all gone on to baby time, which is sort of, um, you never know what's next, and everything takes longer than you expect. It's just been delightful, and it's kind of reawakened in me this, I don't know, this part of me that I hadn't seen in 20 or 25 years since my kids were that little. It's just been special, so... Mm-hmm. It's very unfocused, and I'm just rambling here. For oh, I, I can tell it's yeah. very profound for yeah. all of you. It's wonderful. Been, it's been absolutely wonderful to hold a, you know, an eight-week-old human in your arms for a couple hours. Yeah. Um, or have her sleep on your chest. There's um, nothing like so. a baby. Yeah, I know. Nothing, no, yeah. no, nothing like it. That so. moment when they sleep on mm-hmm. your chest. I know. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Anyhow, that's my that's my thing. Thanks, thanks for visiting us, uh, Kate. and uh, bringing your little one with you. And Zoe, I have a positive note also that I've seen online, and I just love this story. I want to share it. A Kentucky coal miner who rushed straight from work to take his family to a University of Kentucky Wildcats scrimmage game earned praise from legendary coach John Calipari, who shared a picture of him and expressed admiration for his hard work. The photo shows Michael McGuire and his son sitting in the stands at Saturday's 
blue-white game scrimmage. And Michael McGuire is still wearing his work uniform and heavy boots, and his face and arms are covered in black coal dust. Well, somebody sent this picture to the University of Kentucky basketball program, and the coach shared the photo on social media. The coach wrote, My family's American dream started in a Clarksburg, West Virginia coal mine. So this picture hits home. From what I've been told, after his shift, he raced to be with his son and watch our team. Don't know who this is, but I have tickets for him and his family at Rupp Arena, which is where University of Kentucky plays, to be treated as VIPs, Calipari tweeted. It didn't take long for fans to identify who McGuire was, and he said he was looking forward to watching the game in the VIP box at Rupp. The coach said he talked to his team about it. He said, it's just a great lesson, and I showed them the picture yesterday of Michael and his son, and I talked about hard, back-breaking work that's honorable work, but that he makes time for his son even when he knew he couldn't shower. It didn't matter what he looked like. He just wanted to be with his son. The coach said, isn't it neat for someone like that, who is a quiet, humble guy, to know people appreciate you, and we appreciate what you stand for. So that's Coach Calipari, and a shout-out to Michael McGuire. I love that picture, and we'll post it on our Instagram and our yeah, show notes. That's lovely. That's Did you, have you seen that picture, Mike? It's really, no, I haven't. He is covered in coal dust, and he's mm-hmm. sitting there. I love what the coach did and said, too. He got this right, anyway. Yeah, he did. Good on him. All right. Yes. That's going to be it for us today. As always, keep the conversation going. Our email is inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com. At Ethics Etiquette is our Instagram, and our website is www.ethicsandetiquette.com. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks for hanging out with us. For Mike Derrick and Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette. New episodes are posted on the first and third Wednesdays of every month. See you next time.